Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. For those of you who may have watched Saturday Night Live back in the 80s or early 90s, you will immediately recognize our next guest voice. She was on SNL for six seasons with some iconic comedians, Victoria Jackson. Ah! Guys, we threw out a bunch of names to Victoria to see if she had any stories about some of the people she worked with or did a comedy sketch with. She had stories about Robin Williams, Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, Adam Sandler, and one of our all-time favorites, Chris Farley. Victoria got her big break at the age of 23 when she performed on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. So what's scarier, the first time you're on The Tonight Show or auditioning for Saturday Night Live or being on the iconic show Candid Camera and not being able to break character. This woman's career and stories are just fascinating. You guys, we can't wait for you to hear this episode with the very funny Victoria Jackson. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. Okay, friends, before we get to this episode, just a friendly reminder to please hit the subscribe button on YouTube and Apple Podcast or give us a review. Five stars, please. (laughs) In our world, this is super, super important because it will help with the algorithm to make it easier for people to find us. And thank you for sharing our post across your social media. That really helps with engagement and with us getting guests. Yes. So, hey, if you want us to keep working our way up to talking to Chip and Joanna, please share us with your friends. But regardless, thank you for listening to Tell us a good story. Steph. O-M-G. I cannot believe we're talking to her. This is going to be so much fun. I've been looking forward to this. Crazy. Well, friends, our next guest is a comedian, actress, singer, and a Saturday Night Live alum. You may know her as a former cast member of SNL from 86 to 1992, and she just released her first music comedy album, When I Get to Nashville, which is now available at all digital outlets, including Amazon. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Victoria Jackson. Oh, Victoria! Thank you for having me. Well, first off, Victoria, thank you for saying yes to Steph and I. We are ecstatic to talk to you. The first thing I wanna ask you, Right. When you were doing when, when you've been doing comedy, a lot of what you've been known for is the handstands. When was the last time you did a handstand? Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, I got to get the picture and show you the last handstand that I stuck that I, okay. I could hold was when I was 60 and I'm 64. So now I have to cheat. This was in Paris two years ago. What? That was our hotel room. Oh, view. my gosh. And uh, I'm cheating because I'm I'm uh, leaning against the door frame. Oh, okay, yes. But uh, I could stick it and hold it my whole life because my dad was a gymnastics coach, and the reason why that was meaningful to me was because there's nothing you can do with that skill except be a coach. <laughs> if you do get in the Olympics and you get on a cereal box, you become a coach. There's nothing to do with gymnastics. <laughs> There's no purpose on the earth for gymnastic skills. So when I went to Hollywood and I was 19 and I was noticing that stand-up comedy was a new thing, I, I didn't know how to stand out in the crowd because 
all the blonde homecoming queens of America were against me for commercials. And so I thought, hey, maybe if I say my lines upside down, they'll remember me or I'll get the part or something. So I started doing it here and there. And then my agent, Mark Teitelbaum, said, stop doing handstands. I can't sell you as a serious actress if you keep doing handstands. <laughs> right. So, you know, it had good and bad. I, it did get me on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, which was my big break. What's the longest you could do a handstand? Because I think I had read it was over three minutes, I believe. No, I don't think three. I think maybe a minute. You know how long 60 seconds is? That's a long time. It's a very Especially long time. Especially upside down. Yes. I think maybe a minute and a half was the longest. But oh, on my new CD, I'm yes. doing it in front of the statue at Music <laughs> Row in Nashville. And that's yes. a mini pearl statue. Where's the craziest place you've done a handstand? Oh, yes. Because I saw on a fire hydrant. I saw on the desk of SNL. Okay. This was in LA, a diving board. Crazy. Oh. oh, this was my backyard when I was growing up. Look at that, Steph. Very poor neighborhood, but my dad had a beam. This is my competing years. I have like every city I've ever been to. This one looks dangerous. Yes, it does. It's in New York, but... Is that on the top of a hotel or something? What is that? It was... It might have been 30 Rock, but it was, uh, there was a little garden below it. So I, w I wouldn't have died, died. <laughs> and then like, I did them everywhere. Oh, the scariest one I ever did was in a champagne glass bathtub in the Poconos, 15 feet high. <laughs> no. <laughs> and and, and it, it's in here, but I won't show that. It's a Christian show. So Steph, can you imagine Victoria's your mom? Like we like embarrassing our kids. Totally. But when she has kids, like embarrassing them, like, okay, take a picture of me. I got to do this handstand in front of the, the Grand Canyon or, or whatever. Like everywhere they're going, she's going to be doing a handstand. I love yeah, that. I think that goes not embarrassing, but super cool mom. I think so too. Super cool. Well, I think I'm a cool mom, but they think kind of weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, neither one of them have followed in the entertainment show biz footsteps yeah. except my oldest daughter is a writer speaker and she writes christian books so she that's a little bit like showbiz you know yes i love that i have a question what made you quit college to pursue comedy that's a good question you guys are a really cute couple oh thank you <laughs> thank you you look like Barbie and Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I will take that. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so my childhood is serious. Workout, gymnastics, no TV, church three times a week, Southern Baptist Church. You know, everything was serious. But my parents were very funny. But um, in college, my dream was to marry Paul Wessel and have seven children in matching outfits like Maria and the Sound of Music and live in a mansion and play the ukulele and have them harmonized. And a little kink came into my dream. I had a diamond ring from Paul uh, in college at Furman University, 77, 78. And his dad said, you're too young to get married. I will not pay for your college if you get married. Okay. And I said, well, Paul, if you really loved me, you'd stand up to him and, and say, I'm marrying her anyway. And Paul's like, mm -hmm. 
you know, his whole life, he was like, you have to get a college degree. So I couldn't afford Furman anymore. And he could. So it was like, well, I could either go back home to Miami and be a typist and save up money and try to finish college. Or I could be a typist in Greenville, South Carolina. But I don't know where I live if I'm not allowed in the dorm. Or I could be a typist in Hollywood, California, and chase my whim of acting. I got the acting bugs. I was in one play. Okay. At Furman, and it got laughs. And it was like a drug. I was like, I must have that feeling again. And so I thought, this is the only time in my life when I can chase a whim. Because I know I'll be married and have kids someday. So uh, through a series of adventures, I ended up in L.A. And I was a typist in L.A. And trying to be an actress on the side. So that's what made me leave college. I couldn't afford it. But I did get my B.A. at age 50. When my kids were in high school, I went back, finished my degree. And two years ago, I just got my master's because I was kind of bored. So well done, Victoria. That's good. Uh, in film, I thought I would learn how to work the camera and the lighting because I'm too old to be on camera now. I don't like to see myself on camera. I said, well, I could be a director or something. But I didn't learn how to do the camera or the lights. I think I'm going to have to learn on the job because they... They, they didn't teach me. <laughs> but I do have my master's. <laughs> All right, Steph, we are super excited to share our book with listeners. Oh my gosh, you guys, we now have the second edition of our book titled You Met Her Where with an updated cover that includes some pretty amazing testimonials. Yeah, it does. We asked prior guests if they would check out our book and consider writing a referral for our updated edition. Well, you will now see on the cover testimonials from Jim Trestle, <laughs> Victor Marks, oh. Three-time Olympic gold medalist, Leah Amico, and the co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul, Mark Victor Hansen. Oh my gosh, you guys, we are still pinching ourselves. If you want to order your copy of You Met Her Where at KevinAndSteph.com, we'll make sure to personally sign a copy for you or whoever you want to gift it to. Again, go to KevinAndSteph.com. And as always, thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. So tell us how you got your big break. In Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, so the way I got to Hollywood was I was doing summer stock in Birmingham, my first acting job, and the lead, Johnny Crawford, the star of it, he was uh, from Hollywood. He was a child star on The Rifleman. He was 33. I was 19. He wanted me to be in his nightclub act. I said, well, you got to ask my parents, blah, blah, blah. I'm in Hollywood. I have three jobs. I'm living in a retirement hotel for room and board, and I'm thinking... How do I get an agent? Because Johnny didn't have an agent. Okay. Like, Johnny, how do you get an agent? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. And so stand-up was a new thing in 1980, and there's very few women doing it. And I thought if I could do a stand-up routine, I could get people to look at me, and maybe I could get an agent or something. So I didn't have an act. I didn't have six minutes. You need six minutes to get on Johnny Carson. Okay. So I went to the comedy store on open mic night and I did Lily Tomlin's routine, Edith Ann. My name is Edith Ann. I'm five and a half years old. Anyway, I did that. You did her exact act? Yeah. You're not supposed to. I was like, is that a no no? <laughs> That's a no no. <laughs> but I did a no no. <laughs> I didn't know. So I did her act. And then it was one in the morning. That was my allotted time. There's three drunk businessmen in the audience. That's it. <laughs> and 
And I got off the stage and uh, Mitzi was in the back, the famous Mitzi. And she goes, you don't ever do someone else's act, especially if they're alive. And I was like, oh, I did not know. Mitzi Shore, right? Mitzi Shore. Okay. And so then I thought, oh, I have to make up my own routine. So I thought, well, I can do a handstand. I made up some poems. I can play the ukulele. I thought if I do a handstand and say poetry, it'll keep them watching. I don't know if it's funny, but they will keep watching. And so I started doing it at the Variety Arts Center for two years. Every night in my cigarette girl job, I asked the boss if I could, and I put my cigarette tray down, do my little six minutes, and I honed it for two years. I saw what they laughed at, what they didn't laugh at. And then the talent scout from The Tonight Show was in there one night, and he saw it, and he said, would you like to be on The Tonight Show? So that was my big break, and and then I was standing backstage, and the talent scout was holding the curtain. He was going to pull it back, and I was supposed to walk out and hit the mark in the center of the stage, and his hand was shaking, and we were both waiting for the announcer to call my name. And I said, why is your hand shaking? I'm the one who has to go out there. And he goes, because if Johnny doesn't like you, I lose my job. Oh, no. He's the one who recommended you, probably? Yeah, he's the one who saw me in the club. That was his job, going to find stand-up. And so I went out there, and Johnny liked my act, and he went like that. And so Jim McCauley did not lose his job. Yay. Yay, Jimmy. Hey, Victoria, how old were you? 22? I was 23, my first Tonight Show. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, and Just then a I kid. Did, yeah, and then I did, I was on 20 times. 20, were you really? I was on 18 with Johnny, one with Gary Shandling, one with someone else. And then I think that's how Lauren Michaels heard of me, was probably from seeing me on The Tonight Show. And then in 86, when I was 26, then I got the audition for... Saturday Night Live, and I had a baby, and I was married to a fire eater. My 20s were a great adventure. Okay, you just threw a lot out there, you, and you, you just stole a few of my fun facts as well, Victoria. <laughs> but what's scarier for you? Is it auditioning for SNL or going on the Carson show for the first time? That's a good question. Thank you. No one's ever asked me that. Oh, good. No one's ever asked me how why I left college. That was cool. Um, they were both equally scary. I you say both of those sound incredibly scary to uh-huh. me. But because I'm a Christian, I have everything in perspective. Right. Like, it was scary and exciting. But my main goal in life was not to be a famous movie star. It is to glorify God. So that takes a little pressure off. Did you ever feel pressure to dirty up your set or cuss during your set? Did they ever put right. pressure on you for that? Or if you get to a film, you're like, I don't want to do this, but you've already, you're in the film. Like, yeah. how does that work? Yeah, that's the hard part. I've had a few instances like that. Like, the movie Casual Set was my first lead role. The title is shocking. The movie, it's not shocking, especially compared to what's on Netflix now. But right. it's not a Christian movie, but it's pretty much anti-casual stuff, but I was playing the not promiscuous girl. So when I auditioned, I assumed 
that I would be clothed because my character was the shy, modest one. You know, I'm like, well, they're not going to make me. And so then after I get the job and a month goes and we're shooting and I can't get out of it, then she's, the director was like, I want you to show your butt when you are going to the table. I'm like, Jean-Pierre, my character would never show her butt. She's very uncomfortable. And then, like, we had a disagreement. Uh-huh. She's like, I said, Jean-Pierre, I'm a Christian. And I, she goes, but you are playing Melissa. Melissa is not a Christian, you know. Right. And I don't do a French accent very good. <laughs> so, you know, she's right. I, I'm not playing me. So there's a, it's hard. Like mm-hmm. my first movie was the pickup artist and I was supposed to be a bad girl, but I had no bad words. I had like tiny scenes and I went to my pastor, Harold Lane at First Baptist of Pasadena. And I said, pastor, should I turn this movie down? And he goes, Vicki, I think you should be the best actress you can be at your job and be the best wife and mother and Christian in your real life. And I was like, okay. Oh, words, I always change the words. Like oh, good. If, I never took God's name in vain. If it, like at SNL, if it said OMG, mm-hmm. I would just go, oh my goodness, or <laughs> oh no, or, you know, bummer. Or, <laughs> and no one ever said anything. They never oh, that's good. said anything. Nobody scolded me or anything. And a lot of times, if you don't say the cuss word, it's way funnier if you don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you know, if you crumb bunnies or something. But my dad was very strict about words. Yeah. And so I did start using the F word when I was 50, only screaming at my husband <laughs> because the rage was unbearable. And I repented. But, uh, yeah, I didn't cuss until I was 50, which is kind of weird. But, Victoria, if I were you, I would be immediately calling for a stunt double, right? Don't you have stunt doubles on those movies? Like, hey, it's your turn. Go show your butt. Yes, you show your butt. Um, Come on in. Like, tag team, you're in. Yeah, I have heard of that. (laughs) But it it was a hard decision because I thought, if I turn it down, God will bless me and my career. But then I thought, but I also have to pay the rent. And, you know, it's hard. Yeah. It is yeah. hard. But my little joke is, now that I'm 64, nobody asks me to be naked anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a problem! <laughs> Steph, what is one of the most asked questions we get about Tell Us a Good Story? Uh, do I really get that excited? <laughs> Besides that one. Oh! How do we get all these incredible guests? Correct. And some of our best conversations have been with guests who our listeners have reached out to us and said, you should talk to this person. To name just a few, Nick Vujicic, Coach Tom Ryan, Carol Mutika were all recommendations from our listeners. So if there's someone you would like us to interview and think they might be a great fit for Tell Us a Good Story, please let us know at kevinandsteph.com. You don't even have to personally know them. True. But do me a favor, before you submit their names, please make sure they are still alive. (laughs) That has actually happened, and it is super hard for me to find their contact information. But regardless, thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. So, Victoria, for some of our guests, we like to play like a game of rapid fire just to see if there's any stories about some people that you've worked with in the past, right? And so you're a great person to ask because your career is fascinating, the people you've met, you've worked with. And so we wanted to see if you have any fun stories with some of these people. So Steph, you have a list. I do have a list. Okay. Okay. I want to know if you have a story about Robin Williams. 
Oh, I was in a sketch with him where... You're his I, wife, I think. Yes, having a baby. And the joke is he's asking me to hold the video camera <laughs> while I'm in labor. <laughs> Shooting him like he's a narcissist, you know. He's like, Can you see me? Uh, my story of him, he's just very shy and quiet if he's not performing. That's what I'm really? very shy. Wow, interesting. How about Dolly Parton? Uh, I sang a song with her, didn't get on the show. She was sweet, but I didn't get to know her very well. Mm. Steve Martin, shy, quiet. Very serious about comedy. Had a briefcase with sharpened pencils and blank yellow pads in it that he opened up at the first meeting of SNL to write down ideas with everyone. And yeah, he approaches comedy, what I observed, with the precision of a heart surgeon. Brain oh, wow. surgeon. Yes, very serious. Is this funnier or is this funnier? Like it's science, you know? Uh-huh. How about Willie Nelson? Oh, I loved when I got to sing with him. He sang my song. He didn't come to the rehearsal, but he pulled it off anyway with the cue cards. And people were making jokes about the roaches in his <laughs> limo or something. I don't know. But he was very charming and kind. And I don't. I didn't get to know the people because it was just like, boom, and then it's over. Yeah. How about Adam Sandler? Oh, Adam Sandler. Okay, so he was new when I was old there. And I was a little older. And I remember his first sketch, I think, was a fake commercial. And I had to kiss him or something, like on the mouth, like like that. And I remember my daughter was about four at the time, and she got a crush on him. Oh, like, yeah. Like, she was on set, and she was just like, okay. I mean, <laughs> of all the people there, she picked him to have a crush on. I don't know. But I, I didn't have any much with him because he was always with spade and farley and they're always together yeah little magic ideas mm -hmm. what about chris farley shy and especially around women was like, he she'd be like <laughs> like i'd be like hi chris in the hallway and be like since <laughs> <laughs> like our first date stuff yes that sketch where he auditions for Chippendales? Yes. My favorite sketch of all time. And I don't think it's making fun of his body. I think it shows that he's a great actor. He stayed in character. He's great physical comedy. And how he stayed in character was just so charming to me. <laughs> it was so innocent and childlike that sketch i just love it i had one line in it i was so happy i got to be in it i i think my line is they're ready for you <laughs> <laughs> okay so speaking of snl and trying to stay in character how hard is it to stay in character when you're doing that right. show well i found it quite easy because i am a professional uh, of course. And Lorne Michaels told our cast, we do not break character, which means laugh at yourself. Right. Okay, so he wanted us not to. Then when Adam Sandler came along and started doing it all the time, and everybody <laughs> liked anything he did, then the rule must have didn't exist anymore, I guess. Lorne let, let that one go. But I like it better when comedians don't laugh at themselves. I like it way better. 
Uh-huh. I like when the guests can't hold it in. Mm-hmm. Like whoever whoever's yeah. hosting, yeah. whoever's hosting, they can't keep yeah. it together. I love that. You okay. know, that's true. That has a charm, too. It, it, it does. All right, Victoria, for all of our guests, I like to give a list of fun facts to let listeners know what you've done, what you've accomplished. Steph's not aware of any of these besides the one you've already mentioned, mm-hmm. right? So you've, you've mentioned a few of these already. But keep me honest, Victoria, if any of these are off. All right, Steph, you ready? Yep, let's do it. Okay, fun fact number one about Victoria. In 1991, Victoria reunited with her high school sweetheart, married him, moved to Florida, where he was a police helicopter pilot (gasps) and would chase bad guys. Oh! Okay, so what is that like, Victoria? I'm assuming that's actually probably a good gig. Like, the criminals aren't shooting at your husband in the air, right? It's too far away, but what is it like for him? Like, do you have any good stories from that? He loved it. I would not love that job. And they can shoot him, but they don't think of it. Don't tell them. (laughs) (laughs) He loved it because he was like Superman, you know. Right. Shine his light on him. And I went up with him about once or twice. And he said that I have an aura. Uh, Whenever I'm near machines, they break something about my aura. So the only time his chopper ever broke was when I got in it. Oh, no. the engine chip light went on, whatever that is, and he had to land in a bad neighborhood in a school field. And it was such a bad neighborhood that when we landed and they waited for his other cops to save us, some teenagers came over to see the chopper and they had bullet wounds from a recent <gasps> oh, no. shooting in their neck. What? Okay, that is a bad neighborhood. Yeah, it's a bad neighborhood. And I'm like, like the guy had yeah so that was one exciting thing okay not to bring up a bad situation but i thought this was very funny okay victoria her first husband i have heard her call him satan a few times (laughs) but he he was actually a fire eater so she just said that she had said yes so what does that entail do you do shows together like how does that work any crazy situations with practicing at home or anything like that victoria well, he wouldn't give me the secret because magicians are not supposed to share True. their secrets. But And there was real fire involved. I did see it up close. It's something about the lighter fluid that he squirts in his mouth beforehand. The fire laps that up first before your skin. I don't know. But when I first met him, he was doing an Al Jolson impression, playing the piano, and then eating fire for his encore. And I was doing a handstand poetry in a French main costume. <laughs> we actually went together pretty well. But there's not much call for fire eating. So it's not like a salary you can raise a family on. But... I shouldn't call him Satan, except it was a joke because I was trying to make up a stand-up routine and he did eat fire. <laughs> and then I go, he, he said he's going to sue me if I keep calling him that in public. So now I just call him the artist formerly known as Satan. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was just goofing around. But, yeah, both of my husbands are kind of um, like cartoon figures, aren't they? <laughs> well, is it true that you used to date Weird Al Yankovic? Is that true? Well, in between my first and second husband, I was single for like a week. <laughs> and I got a crush on him when I played the leading lady in his movie. 
And we did kiss at the end like Scarlet and Rhett in Gone with the Wind. Um, I think he's a wonderful person. I think he's a Christian. I went to church with him once, and we bought groceries together once, and we had dinner together once, but I don't know if it was really dating. I Someday I would like to ask him if we were dating, because <laughs> if he would have asked me to marry him, I probably would have said yes, but he didn't ask. Well, it was on your IMDb page is where that was that you had dated him for a brief period of time. So that's that's where that fun fact came from. Yeah, I don't know. We should ask him. Okay. <laughs> I want to know, since you went out like grocery shopping, is it ever a time where you go shopping and you get noticed? Sometimes I do, but when I talk, their heads would round. They oh, know the my voice. voice. Yes. And they go, I know that voice. So it's usually that. The voice, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. All right, next fun fact. Uh-huh. She already took this one. Victoria performed stand-up for two years mm-hmm. until Carson's team found her and put her on The Tonight Show 20 times. So, following multiple appearances, she became a household name with a lengthy list of credits in TV and film. So, she's actually been in over 80 films is what I've seen. Wow. Yes. Did you know that? I did not know that. Okay, that was on your IMDb page as well. You are credited with over 80 films on that website. Wow. Well, it's probably true. It's just probably like some of them are probably like embarrassingly not good ones. <laughs> you know, it's really hard to make a hit film. I was in I films with Sean Connery, Dustin Hoffman, Sidney Lumet, and Matthew Broderick. That film, one film, and it bombed. Did it? Yeah, because there's like a magic element and that no one knows where it comes from that makes a film good you know right Mm -hmm. yeah you're not gonna bet a thousand obviously okay so she of course was on snl for six seasons from 1986 to 1992 so kind of going along with you just said Uh uh-huh victoria how did getting cast in that change your life right was it immediate where now you're in new york everyone notices you was there a pinch me moment where he's like okay my life's completely different now once you were cast there. Oh, that's such a good question. You guys are so cute. Oh. <laughs> I Thank you. Wanna, I just want to kiss you and hug you <laughs> in my pocket. You're so can, cute. Girlfriend, I would take Barbie. that. I'd take that. I would hug you back. Like, you just give me all the kisses. Uh, I'll, good I'll thing we're recording this, Steph. We can listen to this down the all road the when we're having a rough day. I love You're it. You're so cute. And you have so much joy and love. Oh, thank you. You're adorable. Well, when I was first on The Tonight Show, I thought, what's it going to be like the next day? So I went out in public. Did you? Just walked around? Nobody was looking. Yeah. And then I went, I was like, I got to do something to, to mark this momentous occasion. So I went to a pet store and I had a tiny apartment. I couldn't get a dog or a cat. I go, I'll get a goldfish. You know, something alive. So I got it. And when I was paying for it, I was like, um, hello. Um, what were you doing last night? And the cashier's like, and I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm not, not a weirdo. I just, were you watching The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson? Or yeah. And they're like, I was like, oh, never mind. So, so that the first day after The Tonight Show, nothing, nobody recognized me. But SNL, was it different? Uh, SNL, after about the first year or two, 
And Lauren said, you guys, you're going to start having a little bit of a different life. You know, people are starting to, everyone in the world is starting to know who you are now. But it depends where you are. Because then I would, if I was in like Miami, where no one spoke English, not so much recognition, you know. Any pinch me moments then at SNL where it's like, oh my gosh, this person knew my name or... I'm singing with Willie Nelson. Like Mm -hmm. any pinch me moments once you were in the cast? Well, the time I was singing I'm Not a Bimbo and Steve Martin was the host and Sting was the music. Oh, my gosh. I remember like being on the update desk going, oh, I'm not a bimbo. And I wasn't thinking there's an audience or there's millions of people in America watching. I was thinking, I can't believe Steve Martin and Sting know I exist. Right. Oh, that's cool. I could see that. Like, that's kind of a weird concept. Yeah, for sure. All right. Next fun fact about Victoria. She was actually on the iconic TV show, Candid Camera. (gasps) Were you really? She dressed up, Steph, as a doctor and acted like it was her first day on the job (laughs) before (laughs) telling people that they're on Candid Camera. I love that. But I felt really bad about it because these people were told they're getting um, a physical exam (laughs) for their insurance or something. And I was supposed to act like the doctor. It's her first day. And she doesn't. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't hear your heart. Uh, How do you work this again? And it it is funny, but it's kind of mean. Steph, she gave them her stethoscope said, I can't hear anything. Can you hear anything? And they put it on and she would like yell into it. <laughs> the end, they were like ripping out of their ears. Yeah, I can hear it. It works fine. But, yeah, but the weirdest <laughs> thing is none of the people recognized me because they were in a, in a doctor's real office and they didn't expect to see an SNL right. person there. Yes. So they were just sitting there trying to get it over with. <laughs> they didn't recognize me. They didn't even think twice about she doesn't know anything. You oh, know, so it, funny. It kind of teaches you to we should be more observant or something in our real lives because I tricked them all. Right. Were they? Did they think it was funny once they found out or were they upset? I never saw them when they found out. Really? No, I did it. I did my job. I got paid, but um, I didn't see them. I just saw them fake that I was a doctor. <laughs> they left and I never saw them again. I, they had to sign a paper, I guess, but I never saw them. Yeah. Wow. See, that's where her training comes in. Mm-hmm. Like not break character. Because you can't break character no, or that or it gives it away. That's true. If you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. All right, final fun fact. Victoria has been incredibly busy here lately. She's been seen on the new Christmas comedy movie, Jingle Smells, opposite John Schneider, Mm. who we interviewed last year. Yes, we did. We kept calling him Bo Duke the whole time, Victoria. He was very kind, but he had some great stories. But in that movie is also Jim Brewer, Eric Roberts, Sean Hannity, Uh Mike Huckabee. Yes. She also just released in November her very first music comedy album titled When I Get to Nashville. 
The album includes, yep, she's holding it up right now. Oh, with her puppy. Yes. The album includes 18 hilarious songs, plus some stand-up about landing in Music City, and features a cameo from her fellow SNL star, Rob Schneider. Aww. So, Victoria, please tell us more about your new album that you just released. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Well, I was driving to Nashville in my white pickup truck, and I had three dogs in the front seat. My husband had just retired from being a cop in Miami, and we were like, it's a no-brainer. Where are we going to retire? Where our children and grandchildren are. Right. Makes mm -hmm. sense. They were in Nashville. So I, I was getting this tune in my head. When I get to Nashville, I'm going to da-da-da. And I thought, hey, wait a minute. I'm a songwriter. I wrote songs in my 20s. I wrote Use Me because I was an out-of-work actress. And I wrote <laughs> The Boyfriend Song because I was looking for a husband. I sang it on Johnny Carson. <laughs> in my 30s, I wrote uh, Where Do You Draw the Line Between Love and Adultery. And I wrote uh, I'm a Bimbo and sang it on Saturday Night Live. So I made three goals. Okay. I want to sing at the Opry. I want to make a CD of my songs. And I want to hear them on the radio. Okay. So I did check off two of those. Okay. And now the last one left is to sing at the Grand Old Opry before I die. That would be fantastic. Yeah. And I think they need new mini pearl. I could say, do you have any connections? Yes. I don't have any. None. No. And so I've been here 11 years, and these are all songs I wrote since I moved here. But I'm just putting it out there. If the gatekeeper to the Opry is listening, I would like to sing at least one time there. That would be amazing. I have an idea for you when we get off the call here that I just thought of. Oh. That might help. We'll okay. See. All right. Well, listeners, for more information about Victoria, you can go to her social media pages. On Instagram, it's at Victoria Jackson Official. On Facebook, it's Victoria Jackson L. Her website, which is where you wait, can get wait, the CD. Wait, wait, what is the, wait, wait. What, what's the L? I don't know. What is your Facebook? Oh, you know what your handle I is? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but I don't think it has an L on it. I had an L on that. Okay. But forget about that. You can find my Facebook. It's pretty easy. It's Victoria Jackson something. Official, yes. But my website is victoriajackson.com. Yes. And they can get streaming. That's true. You can hear it on Amazon and Spotify. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the music comedy album titled When I Get to Nashville is available in all the digital outlets that she just mentioned, including Amazon and CDs available exclusively at her website, victoriajackson.com. Well, Victoria, you are fantastic. You this are. was so much fun. We're fascinated by your career and everything. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming on. Tell us a good story. Well, next time I want to hear all about you because I feel like I hogged the conversation. <laughs> You guys are adorable, and oh. God bless you. You're so adorable. And you ask great questions, and I had fun. Thank you. Oh, thank Aww, you. thanks, Victoria. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.